0: And let's go back to the magical pill, because I admit, I've taken quite some magical pills and magical potions. And I don't have a problem voicing that. <laughs> Mummy, daddy, grand grandparents, business partners all know that. So you often say a darkness retreat is not a trip. And I would say, I would say, it's true or not. Because I would say, <laughs> yes, it's not a trip, you know, like, a type of acid or mushrooms or something like that but it can evolve for some of us into a trip which then also needs some experience so i have the feeling i actually wanted to do that later in the podcast and to disentangle it from the psychedelic experience but maybe to give just the uh, listeners um, uh, um a point of reference is I'm actually very grateful that I personally as Alistair had a good amount of psychedelic experience including meditative practice and silent retreats and long term solo retreats to enjoy or just experience the I would call it psychedelic or otherworldly or special parts of the darkness retreat so I just wonder Why do you say a darkness retreat is not a trip? What makes it different than a psychedelic experience? But what are also similarities?
1: Well, I would say you have more experience than I have in psychedelic experiences. I've definitely tried a lot of it, uh, but not the adapt that you have. And why I'm saying a dark retreat is not a trip is simply because in my experience, when you take um, any substance, actually, for me the the shift from my ordinary like my normal human experience of like where I can still process I still feel like I'm in control it's where then the psychedelic experience is coming in and it shifts my perspective there's still a sense of me perceiving everything but then suddenly especially with ayahuasca like I'm almost pushed through let's say what what I haven't been digesting let's say it can be a lot of anger. It can be a lot of fear. It can be paranoia. It can be an intense amount of grief and sadness. And it's coming to the surface. It's almost like, what is my body holding on? Like what is still in my system that I'm wearing, kind of, and 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 it's actually burdening me. Or it can also be a lot of joy. Like these are the four core emotions. Then there is more, but these are definitely some of the four pillars. And when you are moving through them, through ayahuasca in particular. And then you are letting that, like, it's almost like an emotional release. And when you have released that emotion, what comes as an outcome is like what we call a non-dual experience or where the mind is not judging anymore. And it's pro or contra. It's like not in between. There's just a deep sense of union. And it's almost like as, as if you feel as if you're one with everything. There's a deep sense of not thinking anymore or judging or making an interpretation. You just are. And that means you're very much in the present moment and you're connected with yourself so deeply. And out of a result with that deep immersion or union, like you're feeling connected with everything else. And it's like, it's like telepathy, like you just, you are, and therefore there's nothing that you need to do anymore. And it's like this beautiful exchange that you then have with yourself, but also with the people around you. And it's very much covered in simplicity. Now. I'm sharing that because I'm saying like the dark beauty is different. Like you actually go into that state as well where you would go, let's say, with the plant medicine, but you're building up much, much slower because there's nothing that you intake. There's no substance that you take. And the melatonin in itself that you create in your pineal gland. So the pineal gland is actually uh, a topic in itself that we could talk about, which is basically it's it's living in your third eye and that's also why we're speaking about this inner light is not a light that you see like any kind of light like a torch it's much more the inner light of awareness and that's coming from the pineal gland and the pineal gland is actually the excretion is like a melatonin for the first which just makes you very very relaxed and that's what you're creating when you're sleeping so as you know in the dark retreat you're not opening your eyes and having a break like no matter how long you stay it's like there's a continuation of melatonin and in the beginning when we are sleepy or like relaxed and we, we sleep more especially in the first two days like you come to a place where you just you rest until your body is just charged like a battery and then you're full and then you still relax but you're not tired anymore and in that like you have basically the the happy hormone like serotonin kicks in and that's when you kind of continue, like from a place where you start to realize from that happiness or from that love as well, like you can embrace much more than what you would be able normally or like what normally would trigger you. Suddenly you can actually allow to feel and to maybe also look at it from a different perspective. And because everything is so slow, you actually can really go in these nuanced emotions and sensations and from there, you even like coming to a place where, let's say, you know, like these five topics that people have in their heads, let's say like, you know, what's the future going to bring or like sexuality going through all your romantic partners, how you made love or like what's your connection that you have right now and how you want to make that further into a beautiful relationship or holidays, financial security, like and so what? Like that's kind of this these main themes that we all have that we go through and the longer you stay in the dark, like there's a repetition happening where you start to realize maybe after day four or five, yeah, I've been thinking about that already. Like it's it's the same story again. And you're becoming actually slowly tired of that. And out of that comes a familiarity with your own mind, comes a familiarity with who you are and how you function and also kind of a boredom with yourself. It's like, yeah, here we go again. Because that's very much in the realm of self-improvement. And then the next step is really coming to like, all right, like when there is actually more acceptance with everything that you are, you know, with your activity, with your pain, with your sorrow, there comes a deep sense of ease, a deep sense of peace, and a deep sense of quietness. And yes, that can be included in that. When you come to that, there normally comes like, you can call it visions, like lights or flickering Mm, or like even like some energies moving up your body and even that you could call it it's, it's a visual sensation as as the mind that in the beginning you be, are very fascinated and then more and more you can actually connect with what I call like the very essence of your being or like your core or just this sense of me no matter what's as a stimulus happening and in the dark retreat you just become so much more sensitive and now imagine like what you said just before when you you have like a psychedelic experience, but the beauty is like, you don't need a substance because you can actually, you're realizing that as all along, it's like who you are and it has been always alive in you. You just, we all are very active and we we are like, we have been numbing ourselves and for good reasons, we need to protect ourselves. So when we denumbing what's coming up as well, it's not just the, the, the beauty with it. We also, when we denumbing, we are realizing actually how vulnerable we have been and maybe some of the pain or hurt that we have been experiencing in our childhood. And then we can actually hold ourselves there again. And what that brings out is like a, an aliveness and a gratitude for being alive when we come out of the dark retreat, what you call it like being reborn. And then the integration or staying with that rather than just running back in where we came from before is really important. And it's part of the dark retreat itself and what I call, yeah, as an integration is one of the most important parts of that, to actually take it into our everyday life.
0: I feel before we talk about the integration part, since so far we we have shared little of the experience and I feel it's it's best from my side to riff off Uh, the neurobiological um, correlates. So yes, I'm active to the point of still being pretty hyperactive. You know, I was a very active child and running around and did not want to sit still even for 45 minutes up until the end of school, you know, I got crazy. Sometimes I just went into whatever, pretending I need to go pee and then just doing a couple of sit-ups, you know or something like that just because sitting for 45 minutes got me crazy. So for whatever reason, maybe because I was old and going into darkness, I was really enjoying that melatonin period, right? Um, And I I know you have shared that a lot of people enjoy that. So the first two days, you're really just sinking in, you're slowing down, you're sleeping, I did not fast. um, Mm. so, So I had like two meals a day. And then the serotonin, I found extremely pleasant also when you compare it to substance intake really just this very pleasant feeling of being at ease and peace and the body is relaxed and every muscle is relaxed and you just do your practice and i was actually positively surprised by i would still call it a psychedelic experience or something similar to a psychedelic experience with this, all these emanations of light, be them above me like a white source of light just constantly trickling into my nervous system or sitting on a big source of light or then the light coming through my whole body and nervous system. And even whilst being aware of that and being trained obviously in, in meditation, I did not overly identify myself with it, sure, time and again, I was also just asking into the witness consciousness, you know, from a classical non-dual tradition, just asking myself, okay, Alistair, you're in a darkness retreat, you're aware that you are aware, so who is experiencing these beautiful light experiences, but nevertheless, I must admit, they were just extremely pleasant and joyful, and compared, there I completely agree with you, different than substance intake, it all felt, very natural, right? because your own body is releasing whatever. um, I wonder if because I consciously educated myself a bit on darkness retreats, but not too much. So I consciously did not watch like 10 documentaries. I watched the one from Aubrey Marcus. I must admit, mine has been just beautiful and pleasant and less tricky than Aubrey Marcus uh, documentary. But I nevertheless had the feeling like being aware of the neurobiological correlates again of melatonin, the sleep hormone, then serotonin, you feel happy, then DMT, which usually gets released when you take like ayahuasca. I mean, it was kind of a multi-day, mild, beautiful ayahuasca experience and nevertheless pretty intense. So, so, So again, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an odd conundrum to describe it as a non-psychedelic experience because your own body produces it. But at the same time, even, even let's say the fractal nature of how this milk white, very nice light, you know, appears and shimmers and shines and morphs and whatever, you know, drips. Um, it it was i i could come describe it with a somewhat mild ayahuasca experience so i wonder what you have to say uh, on that before we move into the integration part
1: sure i mean you see like i'm doing that since now over 10 years and for me it's i also feel my my pers- like my standpoint is like i'm here to demystify the dark retreat because A lot of time, what I see is like, it's this extreme stories that's being told. And for example, just to give you an example right now, I just have a person in the dark retreat right now. He's in for 30 days. That's a very long time. And yeah, he has an extensive background. And he just flew all the way from Canada, where he lives in the wilderness. And he was serving in the army. He was part of the Vietnam War. And he just has experienced that he was in the dark retreat and he like we in Guatemala we have some explosions that happening like it's part of the culture that they have kind of it's not even fireworks it's really just explosions that go up in the air to celebrate like a wedding or somebody on a funeral or just to celebrate a saint it's kind of for all reasons and for him these noises that triggered an old memory in him and It brought him back in a surrounding where it was very real for him that the story of what happened to him when he was younger that still stored in his body was like being in the war came up. And he also like with that emotion, like he had like the digestive issue were not working very well. So his like his his belly was really painful and it's a beautiful example of like, yes, like we can emphasize the lights, we can emphasize the, the kundalini rising, we can emphasize that we are having a psychedelic experience. And when we are having that, and I agree, it is a psychedelic experience. It's just for me, it's not psychedelics like... It's in our nature that we are more than like we are a spiritual being like in a human body. And for me, like I work a lot with breath, like you have everything within you that you need. And for me, all the spiritual or like the the psychedelics experiences, they're a, a great way to push buttons that already exist within us. So it's like you take a substance that activates something inside of you. And I see I have I mean, I have many friends that have retreat centers and they are much more experienced in intake of substances. And you come to a point normally, if that's what I see, where you feel like, okay, I have activated that or opened that and I'm more familiar with that substance. And now I don't feel I need to take it anymore or people even microdose to come off it because they're becoming more and more sensitive and they do the adjustments in their life. And then their life changes as an experience they had. And then that's for me then what's so beautiful. And then the dark retreat. Yes, it is very profound It has this sensations, as you mentioned yourself, Alistair, and they're really important as well. You cannot already say, you know, it's also like that's why it's so important to to speak about that. Like when you are angry, you're angry. You cannot pretend that you are like happy. Or when you have a lot of lights and you're fascinated by them, you cannot just say, well, I already know, you know, Severin Alistair told me that it's not about the lights. Like, let's go beyond that. It's like, no. like, And it's the same way when, like, the man has, like, this experience of, like, the the Vietnam War and he's being triggered and in deep fear response. Like, yes, he's then talking with us on the outside and I'm speaking him through of, like, this is a physical reaction that you're having it's actually all fine on the outside and he didn't trust us in the beginning you know it's like no this is so real and it's like yes it's real in your body because it's finally you're safe enough that this unprocessed emotion and you can call it trauma if you want it's a very strong name but it's basically an emotion that has not been digested now can come up and be released in a safe setting where you cannot direct it on somebody else but you have to feel it and that's very real for all of us you know like the war is an extreme example, but it can just simply be that you haven't been held enough, you know, getting enough attention from your father or your mother. You know, you were not breastfed by your mother or your father was working and therefore you have a need that you need to re-experience right now. And that's what's happening when we have these big releases or deep psychotic experience. It comes together with the, the pain. And the more we can actually go into the pain or let's say we can... Embrace it with love, then more joy comes out of that. And that's really what I want to make a stand for and not just highlight this peak experiences, which are just part of a much bigger journey that we're going through. And I have done that many times so I can language that. And I think when I'm saying that now, it's nothing new what I'm telling you, right?
0: Yeah. Before we move into the integration part, um, again, um because exceptions confirm the rule just as an odd question somewhat have you ever allowed into the darkness retreat or gotten a request from somebody who never did any sort of retreat or any sort of spiritual exercise and they were just like curious stable adventurous really just interested in that because I have the feeling development is so asynchronous, so I also don't want to in- disincentivize people. It's not that everybody needs to meditate for 20 years and have all these psychedelic experiences. So, Is there a typology of people for whom the darkness retreat may be somewhat as an initiatory process for a longer uh, personal development journey might be the right thing?
1: That's a great question. So We have an intake form that we are sending out to people that like we we normally offer like three, five and seven days. And then from there on, you have to custom tailor your own experience that we then get in touch with you and see, you know, where you're at. But in general, like we have an an intake form where you have to share your background, you know, also your mental illnesses, taking any substances like where you are at currently and just already in that, like I get an, an idea and I'm reading that through personally while I have a receptionist that answers and, and in response to all the practical details and over the years that we're doing that now, the dark retreat just has so much more, like people start to understand like, Oh, you're the guy that does dark retreats or like, I've heard of that. And it's just becoming more something that pe- people have heard of or actually are interested in. And and people are really called to it. Like we have so much interest. Like we normally book like four months in a head and, people come to us that have a background but we have more and more people over the last years that just don't have a background in any spiritual practice and that is something that i just see also the need of our time that people want to go in because i also feel Like for myself, I would actually even say some people just know they need a safe place where they cannot be distracted. Let's say like I have a lot of people who come in the dark and say, wow, it's the first time that I actually have experienced a real meditation. You know, before I was always trying and it was really distracting and... It was nice, but I was, you know, as but now that I've been in the dark, wow, it's just people come out crying. And yes, I've been leading people in just for half an hour or an hour where we go together or even as a group that have no background or let's say the partner even like I have a couple, you know, like the man or the woman wants to go in and they prepare and they reach out and the partner's like, yeah, you do that, honey. But, you know, that's not my thing. And then they come sometimes even together And then they become interested of like, now that I'm here, now that it's closed and available to me, I'm curious. Let me just see inside. And I like that, you know, some of us have much more this inquiry of like, let's plan. I know I feel a calling. I want to do it, especially men. Like, wow, that's challenging. That's amazing. I want to do it. And then it can be a very different approach of like, I just feel intuitively called and now it's available. I just want to feel how it might be when I'm sitting inside. And so, yes, I have a lot of people that just want to sit and in the company of somebody of just being there inside to actually realize wow this is exactly my thing because it's going really away from any spiritual concept you know once you're in the dark i don't care if you're vegan or if you're a meditator or if you're buddhist or whatever you are whatever the ism is like you have can you are you able to sit with yourself you know where do you have you know where are you angry or You know, you're projecting or you are suppressing parts within yourself that you normally can push on other people or or on the government or politics. You know, who cares? Can you be with yourself? And I feel even to your question, you know, for a lot of times people with absolutely no background, you have no expectations. You can go in there and it's so potent. But then the big question is... How do you bring that into your daily life when you come out if you have absolutely no experience previously? So yes, you have much much more likely a peak experience than inside, but then you don't know how to deal with that. It's almost like something happened to you and you don't know, you have no comparison. So it was like a dream and you come out and that was amazing, but you don't know what happened. And it just, as fast and deep as it was, as quickly it dissolves again when you come out. So it's it's both, you see, like that's that would be my answer to that that's why integration is important
0: so let's let's give the people again a couple of best practice or recommendations when you look back at a couple of hundred people you have accompanied and that had this like deep experience what are the most important points that you usually recommend for integration? So that, like you mentioned, this deep intervention, maybe one of the most beautiful, profound, maybe also maybe one of the most challenging experiences of your life uh, and most confronting, maybe that's also the most healing uh, so that this experience doesn't dissolve that quickly. What's the most important thing that people should take as a takeaway?
1: Yeah, that's there's no like cookie cutter recipe that I can deliver because it's really about your own individual journey. And my question would be much more like, yeah, what do you have in your repertoire already that helps you to bring bring you back to presence? And then it's not just about that, but especially like when, when I see people coming out of the hermitage where we have, let's say, a surrounding where you have very healthy food. You know, that's one thing that I think it's very important, like fresh and healthy food and that is cr- cooked with love and then also being in nature just already slowing down and being in touch with nature is one of the ingredients that really helps us to to get in touch with ourselves to actually start to listen again what's alive with it within us and that's what people actually get out of our place is not just a dark retreat but actually to realize wow now I, I can actually start to connect with myself again and then what would i do if i would have time And then from that comes actually a connection with ourselves and starting to listen to your own intuition. What do you need? And then from that place is actually even, I would say, a surrounding of friends and a community that is not talking to you, which we have so many times. It's like you're telling your experience and then they want to be of help or they want to be your friend and telling you, oh, you should do this or you should do that or that would be good. It's like, okay, I hear you. And I listen to your experience and thank you for sharing, and that's it. Like you are a sovereign being, and I trust that you have the solution. And what works for you might be not working for me. And I'm listening to you and I'm allowing you to figure it out. I'm part of your experience, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm holding your hand when you're crying, but I'm not here to, to you know to to buy into your stories that hold you back. Like I'm here for you to hold your hand and allow the emotion. And you can also come out of that and tell me what you need. And so even coming out of the dark retreat, becoming more in touch with ourselves, which is not just the experience of the dark retreat, it's actually a practice that just has been intensified there inside. It's like, all right, how how do we actually become back to this inner connection and where we then actually step into responsibility and the sense of like, well... What do I need and what do I want from out of this psychedelic experience which we call life? And what is life actually asking me to 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 learn and, and grow from? And therefore pain is actually there to to help me to learn what, what is not pleasant and therefore it needs my like reaction, it needs my intervention in, in order to change something. And so am I here to create? Or I'm here just as a receiver, and therefore maybe I need a little bit more pain to wake up. And the dark retreat can just emphasize these learning processes even more, and see that we are here to really live life to the fullest, if we want that. <laughs> and yes, to do your question with tools, like I mean, there is a lot. Like, like breath work in in my eyes is definitely a big tool. But I would even say dancing, you know, moving shaking like exercises that, that bring like everything that brings us into our bodies that connect us more with emotions and feelings and, and earth us again because then when we have a strong container we can really then also go beyond and we really leave the body behind so that's a little bit about that
0: nobody ever went crazy from the hundreds of people nobody (laughs) yes I would say yes I mean that's that's
1: such a common question like are we not are you not having clients that go crazy but I would say well if everybody would actually speak out loud what we normally have as thoughts in our mind then I would say well it's actually everybody is already crazy it's not that you go crazy like everybody is already nuts and it's not about going crazy it's about realizing that you have somebody like talking so much to you so you're actually not even in silence you just actually becoming aware of the inner noise. And that's really challenging. And that's also why it's so hard to be with yourself. Like I remember my first dark retreat, like I was so exhausted, like was so exhausted to be with myself. And it was like just going on. I was so happy to go to sleep. And I was so like annoyed of waking up again. It's like, here we go again. The blah, blah, blah just continues. And it, there was so much exhaustion. Like it was so much energy just by the mental noise. By day six, like there was just an explosion happening in my mind of just like I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I don't know what happened, but it was just this tiredness. And then day six, suddenly there was this explosion and this huge, it was almost like, you know, it was not complete quiet, but compared to the noise of internal thoughts and stories, there was so much silence suddenly. And it was like this big pipe of water was suddenly closed and there was so much silence and quietness and they was so happy and so much peace came from them only to realize there are even smaller pipes, you know, with water, like as an image, like there's still noise inside there, but the shift was tremendous.
0: Towards the later bits of our podcast i jotted down a question which says who will help me when things get difficult and i want to frame it from my own experience because i really think that helps the listeners so i i had really heavy nightmares and panic attacks uh for a very long time in my life and i'm happy that they went away but also especially in ayahuasca i've experienced Tremendously horrific visions of war, especially war, but also torture or rape so before I ask you, I want to sketch one piece that happened to me because I would say 95% of the experience for me has been extremely pleasant, and then I don't know exactly on which day day four or five. I became aware that. All at the same time, unexpected because the rest was super pleasant, I was having visions like in my worst nightmares, like all at the same time, like war, destruction, environmental degradation, uh, whatever, nasty AI robots, like all at the same time. And my first, including my first physical reaction, you know, meaning, you know, your nervous system gets stiff and stuff like that, because you literally see very awkward visions, also like a little bit in the documentary from, from, from Aubrey Marcus, and the way that I handled that, and again, I'm grateful that I had so much work done before, is that first there was a resistance in my system, I didn't see that shit or feel that shit so to say but once i was able to let go of the resistance and just accept this visions nightmares life in a helter-skelter way although then it quickly just passed and my nervous system did take a moment to recalibrate and be at ease again but I was not constantly so to say tortured or caught up in a non-stop like negative loop again the short question to your side both from your experience as well as people that went through the darkness retreat as clients what happens and who will help you when things get difficult or are there also sometimes points because i know you allowed me to knock on when i was getting the the food served you know i was theoretically allowed to 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 exchange communication twice a day so what happens when things get really messy and difficult
1: yes thank you for sharing that that's actually really beautiful that you are just expressing more of what's really going on and yeah i i I know from my personal experience and and from also like leading people to the dark, that's what really happens underneath. Like, it's not that you know, you know, like the the dark can be very peaceful or nothing happens or it can be like a very challenging, like you say, 95% for you. Like I would actually say the percentage is much lower. Like like in a lot of times actually something can come up and you, you just never know that looks very different every time and the way i'm handling that nowadays is very different like in the beginning and also when we look at the spiritual traditions especially when we look let's say at the advaita vedanta like self-inquiry tradition or the sakchan tradition or we're looking into the Tao, the Taoist tradition, like there is not so much support. Like you would actually come from a background where you say, all right, you have done your practices, Alistair. Like you have already these experiences and you come here and we're just supporting you in your journey and you, whatever coming up is yours to deal with. No projection allowed. Here is your safe container and see you on the other side. You signed up for five days and good luck. And I definitely have come from that background. Like that's some of my like background that i have and also over the last 10 years i have learned from my own journey of like i have overdone it you know i went into the dark retreat for 10 days and i really tried to to push beyond that pain that came up so it's almost like oh i'm just a witness it's all fine it's it's not so bad it's okay i can handle it that's just part of it and it was so painful to actually not go into the emotion and really being able to hold myself there and I came out like, yeah, shaken and and hurt and and felt so defeated and, and useless. And seeing or having done that myself, like I have seen that in many other people as well, or simply where maybe the most important thing that you do in when you're in the dark is actually that you're saying like, I need to come out, this is too much, you know, that's the most healthiest like insight that you can get that is like or like I can give you an example like I had um she's a good friend now as so many clients turn into very close friends just because we're sharing same interests and she had an experience where her shower was not working and the shower suddenly the water came running down and she was reaching out and we didn't hear it immediately so maybe that half an hour hour that nobody was there even though she was knocking brought this deep childhood trauma up from not being seen or like being abandoned and so by the time I came there and spoke with her from the inside she was just in grief and she was you know like she felt like from all the practices she did that that she needed to just push through that and I actually was like well how about you coming out but or like, I'm coming in to you. And we just spoke through it. And it was very gentle with her and like asking her what she needs right now. And she was really afraid of even coming out. Because as you know, like once you're coming out, you see light again. So you're interrupting your melatonin cycle, which can create, you know, the more melatonin than serotonin than DMT. And there we have the expectations of going to a very special state rather than actually saying right now, this was too much. And it was painful and I need to just be with myself and not push any further. So after having this conversation with each other, rather than me telling her what she needs, she was telling me actually what she needs by me just holding space. And then she was telling me that she wants to come out. And so she came out and I just gave her a big hug and I didn't say much and she could just cry. And she then like reminding her that the dark tree is not finished. That that's part of it. So she went into a room of ours and I went a few hours later back and actually guided her again into the dark retreat because she felt now ready again. And the whole emotions that went, came up and she went through, she was almost, you know, was what would have been unthinkable to go back as like, this is a failure and this is the end, was actually just part of it. And she went inside again. And I can tell you many stories like that. And it looks every time different sometimes it's just a conversation sometimes I have to go inside and just be with the person and just acknowledge the emotion that they're having because it's too much for them and then they're like I am going to come out it's too much it's the end and then maybe just two three hours later and check on them they're like I'm absolutely fine it was just an emotion and it was so intense it's it just went through it changed again and that's the crazy thing. Like emotions feel in the moment that they will never leave us. They bring up a memory and that's that's then our state we're in, trapped. And then a few hours later, we realize, wow, that by acknowledging it and feeling it, it can change again because we're not trying to change it. So the acceptance and allowance of it, it makes it actually that it can shift again. And that's a big part of the work of actually, that's why I'm speaking also about shadow work or... The inner child of, of staying with what's present and sometimes the person can do that for themselves but a lot of times and also in my own growth and and you know being able to hold my own pain and having more um, tools for that I can support people better in their process where trauma can actually really come up in childhood memories and and kind of allow them to rephrase what has been happening and feel that again and actually being able to recognize that that was maybe just the inner critic, you know, where their school teacher has been telling them off or it was just their mother, you know, that that was like an alcoholic or it was a, a romantic partner that they were abused by or it was somebody being bullied. And that story plays out. But that's not what's happening right now in your actual life. It's your inner landscape that brings that up because it can heal and it can actually come from a place of where we are going in with love and embracing that in the first place because we're feeling safe and supported and so we are creating just more support to deal with whatever is coming up and that's yeah it's a lot to deal with but it's also then it creates a lot of space and freedom and then support in the future being able to do that with yourself when
0: you're gone again since the demand for darkness retreats is bigger than the supply, albeit it being a small niche, and so many providers are moving into the market, you don't have to mention names um, <laughs> or places, but from your own experiences, um, what are some no goes and uh, asked into the other direction what should people make sure you know almost like check boxes that like either these are check boxes for no-goes right like okay if, if if this you know is not provided don't go there or the or the other way around like what what are absolute like musts like people that offer darkness retreats should be aware of
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And maybe you can also help me to answer that because you have been on the other end, you know, and like from your own experience, what you would have wished for. So I'm also curious about that. I mean, from my end, I would say like I see also like I have more and more people like clients, but also people just reaching out that want to start dark retreats because they see the the healing qualities and the depth and they want to offer it and i i know and i mean i'm aware of the places that exist in the world because they're not so many a lot of people actually offer dark retreats and some centers that people that offer dark retreats have even never done a dark retreat themselves that's actually not an uncommon thing and or maybe just one and that's it And so for me, it's a little bit like you cannot offer something that you have not really experienced yourself in the first place. And that's a complete no-go for me. Also, there are places where you just go into a dark retreat, like in a dark chamber. And let's imagine like you have been opening up to, let's say in the dark retreat, you are so safe that you are literally becoming naked and very vulnerable and sensitive. And then you're coming out of the dark retreat and you're just going back into normal life let's say you're going back i mean we had that in the beginning like i have made that mandatory that you cannot do that anymore where you cannot excuse me like where you cannot come to the hermitage and just fly when you come out of the dark retreat back into the plane into your home country it's like no go like you you come out and the integration period or like basically where you're still staying you know, with your experience and you digesting that is crucial for me, because it's a little bit like how I compare is like a fast, like, yes, we fasting and we're not taking any food to us and we're becoming, I mean, in my case, when I fast, I have become very, like, agitated or angry, even, you know, like that's that has become a normal part, where it's becoming better and better. But when I'm coming out of fasting, my initial reaction has been, well, now I really want to give myself all the treats that I haven't had for the last days. And you come out so fast of it that you actually, you are not damaging the experience, but you're actually learning how to do transition from that sensitive period into a life that you have had before and that you're familiar with. And the same is like when you come out of the dark retreat, It's like, oh, that was amazing. I have this deep inner connection. I feel so connected I feel so happy and so much love to share. There is like a part where you almost like, I have hands and I have legs and I can just run and I know how to do that. And I'm just doing that (laughs) and having fun. And then you very, very quickly realize that that was a bit too fast. And so that it's really important that you're staying actually in an environment where you can still maintain that slowness and sensitivity it's like what I call the like the dark retreat echoes or like the effects of the dark retreat so rather than going into too much stimulation and interaction is actually staying with what you have just experienced and that also is why every dark retreat that you're doing again as a as a second or a third one you become better in that integration of harnessing what you actually have been going through and so that's something to really watch out and I also feel like the Yeah, like really see if you are like for me, the most important is actually have a surround network, like a community or a friend, friends that like that I can speak about it. So like I need support, but I also want to be alone. Like where is that honored of like, yes, I can reach out. I can, you know, maybe I just want to cuddle. Maybe I just want to be seen and, 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 you know, being felt and then I can be by myself again. And where do you have this space rather than into functioning again? Or let's say for a lot of people, is they are coming out of the dark? It's like, so how was it? Give me the download. Or they have some like, you need to tell something special. And maybe that's not, you cannot even explain how it was because it was so much that it's too much to actually share. That it's just an experience in it itself. That's just, it's actually just yours. So these are some of my points that I have to, to share about that?
0: Usually I, I stop with another or I end with another question. This time I feel really more called to end this on a personal experience note. after have the feeling it's the most authentic to end this conversation in between the two of us with almost like a summary, I can start and then uh, I hand over to you. So this is very personal. So I'm very grateful that I did it so late in my life. I'm very grateful that I did it when I was not afraid of the experience beforehand. I'm very grateful that I did it at a point in my life where i'm actually really good and in peace with myself and i finally love myself which took a long time to be very honest at least for me must not be true for or might not be true for for other people and for me it was truly one of the most beautiful gifts of this precious lifetime and also especially because I come from a background of trauma therapy and did a hell of a lot of work. Actually the gentleness, almost sweetness of my experience was really beautiful. And just a couple of sentences more for all those who are listening, who have shared a lot of uh, psychedelic experiences i think it's worth to give it a try because i know in my daily meditation almost literally every day i can get so fully ecstatic and in bliss like i only meditate two times 20 minutes in the morning so 20 minutes then it is a gong and then again 20 minutes but i stay with my eyes closed and it's it's so joyful so juicy so sexy so rich so vibrant so it's it's really like and like entheogens you know like like you're producing yourself such a deep amount of peace and joy it's incredible and and that has really been just intensified in the darkness but at the same time a thing that i take out of the darkness into into daily life and maybe finally especially for those i would say especially for those who for whatever karmical reason which i don't even want to not respect would not would never um, dare to or don't want to because of whatever religious belief dogma anxiety would never take a substance such as ayahuasca or lsd or mushrooms or mdma or whatever the type of substance is especially to you i would also say if you're curious give it a shot because it might truly be a deeply transformative uh, experience and i think with that i i close from my side and I don't mind how you want to end it Severin maybe yeah just handing over to you
1: I really like what you just shared it's beautiful of how you ended that right now just in your personal view and what you had to share and I, I feel like just yeah you gave me a lot of space to share from my perspective and I really appreciated the time to talk with you and speak more about the dark is a big passion of mine yeah and I and I like the way you just, you know, emphasized for you how you liked that you did it more in a later phase in your life when you felt really at peace and good, and also like respecting your own journey and and your fears, and and how from that point, like really emphasizing the gentleness, and how how that really worked for you, and also especially with your own background and with your backpack of trauma that you bring from your childhood and your rich psychedelic experiences that you have that yeah i I can just see and knowing you personally how deeply the dark retreat impacted you and also how much value you got out of it and and makes me just really happy that we share that yeah passion
0: about it so thank you thanks for the podcast severin